You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Episode 59 of Psychotic and Iconic. Thank you to everybody that's tuned in tonight. Paul's here along with my co-host, Nick Theories and Mikey P. You're going to be better. You're going to be better, bro. You're not in Jamaica anymore. Huh? You're not in Jamaica anymore. You got to be better. Oh, man, dude. Well, I know. I can't help that, you know, you have Virgin Mobile for Wi-Fi. That's not my problem. I don't. Anyway, guys, we are here for episode 59, 15 minutes late. Better late than never. Tonight's episode is going to be electric. I promise we're going to make up for it for our difficulties. Um, if you're tuned into the live stream right now, please share it. If you haven't done so already, please don't forget to follow, like, subscribe to all of our platforms. With that, Mikey P, take it away, finally. Let's go, fellas. Sorry about that, everybody. We're going to get right into it to make up for the lost time, okay? Tonight's episode, Psychotic and Iconic Sports Podcast. It is brought to you by PrizePix, your home for daily fantasy sports. New users who sign up for PrizePix today using the promo code ICONIC will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Promo code ICONIC, you already know that. PrizePix, daily fantasy made easy. Also, check us out live right now on PropsHQ.com, the Props Network. All right, subscribe to us there. Keep up with all of our news. And lastly, we're going to get into a little bit more than football tonight. We promised you. We're getting back into all sports tonight. We're back. We're starting off with the NBA. Pretend that you're hearing the NBA music in the background, okay? NBA trade deadline. Let's go. All right? Yeah, you're going to hear our beautiful voices. I got to be honest. I miss the intro song. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can can hear uh, NBA on NBC right now, can't you? Let's, let's just visualize this, okay, everybody? All right. We have to start with the Sixers. We promised you we would. That was the news of the year, potentially. Not just the NBA trade deadline, but this whole year of sports. That's how crazy this was. Earth-shattering news. The Sixers trade Ben Simmons. That's right, Ben Simmons, okay? Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, two first-rounders to the Nets for James Harden. And Paul Millsap, all right? Who won the deal? Because we didn't get into that last show. Who won the deal? Bro, this is a no-brainer. The Sixers won. They're maximizing Embiid's 
uh, prime. They're getting a superstar that can actually shoot and is present and not, not, not making excuses. He's there. You know, he was unhappy in some places. He got traded. And uh, I think he landed with the perfect team. I think him and Embiid are going to dominate um, along with Maxi. He's going to get a little bit better, too, as well. Like, for me, it's just a slam dunk from the Sixers. Slam dunk, bro. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. I mean, look who the Nets acquired, bro. They have Ben Simmons. They, they, he can't shoot. <laughs> and Kyrie, Kyrie can't even play on uh, in uh, away games. So, like, what are they going to do? Just rely on, on KD? He's hurt. So, like, I don't know, man. I think, I think for me, it was just Sixers crushed them in this deal. Yeah, uh, same for me, Nick. I don't understand like Stephen A. Smith and all the analysts talking about how the how the Nets won this trade and and all that. They got they got a player who's mentally weak. He can't be in the game. And the the last time he played was like last May, I think, or last June. And you know he wasn't even able to finish the game because he can't make free throws. He couldn't make a layup on Trey Young. They traded a role player and Seth Curry, who's good, but he has limitations. Um, and Andre Drummond, who was a backup. And, you know, for me, I just don't understand it. And then they got a 2027 uh, first-round pick. He's 13 years old. So I don't really understand why that even matters. Because not for nothing, but first-round picks in the NBA, they don't really matter that much when you're a quality team in contention. They really don't. I mean, look look, look at the Warriors. I mean, did you even know that James Wiseman was injured? Not did you know, but he's not going to have a huge impact when he comes back. So, to me, I just – I don't see any way that the Nets won this. Nobody has any idea what Ben Simmons is going to be when he comes back either. You have no idea. Yeah, and I, I like, like they got Yeah, Kyle I do. It's going to be the same old song, bro. Yeah. You got Kyle <laughs> showing him how to shoot free throws and all right. this stuff, and it's like, all right, great, but is he going to do that in a game? So, there's no way. The Sixers got James Harden. NBA is a league of superstars. The Sixers now have two superstars. Joel Embiid, you can make a case, is the best player in the NBA. James Harden um, – I mean, it's James Harden. You know, you could argue that he's a top five shooting guard ever. But so they're just, they're going to be great together. I can't wait. It's really the Sixers. Come on now. I mean, the crowd that's saying James Harden is washed, washed, excuse me. I encourage you to look earlier in the season. I forget which game it is. You guys might be able to remember this, but didn't he put up like a. a 40-point triple-double or something damn close to that. I forget which team it was, but just watch the highlights from that game. This guy still has it. He's still an MVP caliber player. Um, Joel Embiid is the best player in the NBA. I'll say emphatically for you, Mike. Love it. Love it. He is. He is the best player in the NBA right now. He is your MVP today. He is the most dominant player in the league. There's no answer for him. And now you get James Harden, James Harden, this is not some slouch. This isn't a role player for all those people that said, hey, you know, Daryl Morey's an idiot for waiting this long. What is he doing? He's asleep at the wheel. Look what happened. He got James fucking Harden. This guy can put up 50 whenever he wants. He can still do it. Well, I think the reason why people were like kind of downplaying the trade is because of like, he was struggling early in the year, but I feel like in any job, you know, like if you're unhappy, you're going to struggle. Like, I feel like you're just not into it. So like, you're just not bringing your a game 24 seven. 
Um, so you'll see flashes here and there, but like, I just think overall happiness matters. So for me, it's just like, I feel like he's going to sh- like be back into a rockets form James Harden when he comes back, when he uh, joins the Sixers tomorrow night. So um, that's, that's what I think, like the reason why everybody's kind of downplaying the trade in my opinion. Um, and then, what's that? They're going to learn soon. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the point of making a trade. I mean, I don't think Daryl Morey is a dummy. You know, like, I don't think he's given up. Like, I mean, kudos to the Sixers. They waited, and it paid off for them somehow. It's like, usually, like, when you hold on to something, it, it deteriorates after a little while. Like, Ben Simmons, wasn't, he wasn't really appealing around the league. I mean, there were some trade talks here and there, but they all crumbled because the Sixers were asking too much. But then when James Harden became available due to his unhappiness, then it was a perfect time for the Sixers. And James Harden also said he wanted to be with the Sixers off the rip. Like when he like like he didn't even want to go to the Nets really. I don't think that was his preferred destination. It was because more he, he's starving for a championship. And yeah, absolutely. He has got, to And here's the thing too that with, with the Nets, this goes totally untalked about a lot. Is Steve Nash a good coach? Is he a championship-caliber winning head coach? I don't know. Well, Well, Mike, I can tell you this. I can tell you guys this. The NBA is about two things. Star power and fit. Yes. Fit. Keyword fit. James Harden does not fit with Kyrie Irving. It it just doesn't work. They're They're not compatible. They don't play off of each other well. Um, Kevin well, they Durant, don't okay. each other, period. Yeah. They, Kevin Durant, okay, it's different. Yeah, I could see those two working together if it was just those two. Joel Embiid and James Harden pair well together. Uh, J- ben Simmons actually probably fits better with the Nets than James Harden did. James Harden's a fucking clearly better player, but Ben Simmons is going to be a better fit over there, I think, due to his skill set. So... I think both teams kind of won in some way because you're getting rid of a part that didn't work. Um, ben Simmons is still going to play. I know we can we can criticize him and all, and that's fair because he showed to be fragile for this franchise. He didn't show up. Um, but he and Embiid never played off each other well. Harden is more of a guy where, like, you can see it. He can shoot outside, okay? Like, he can still drive. Uh, the spacing will be better, though. The spacing will be better because Ben Simmons... <laughs> Ben Simmons works better in the paint. Ben Simmons can't play in the paint if Joel Embiid is in there. Ben Simmons can't shoot. So Ben Simmons Um, can't play off of Embiid. I actually would also disagree, though, about him playing well in the paint because what happens when you get into the paint? What are you more likely to have happen? Fouls. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing is, too, is is like I don't – I can't even imagine what's going to go through his head when he has to shoot a free throw. I know. I mean, well, you gotta assume too. he's been working on it. Like, you gotta assume it, right? But I mean, it's different though when you're doing it against against us at a at the park than when you get in front of fans and you know you gotta earn your money. He's just not. He just hasn't shown that he's built like that because he peaked. Like, if you look at his stats and even his recent play, he peaked in his rookie year so far in the NBA. His rookie season was his best season. Yo, and not for nothing, for the crowd that might say they lose the playmaking ability of Ben Simmons as a passer, I mean, James Harden, didn't he just show you 
when he went to the Nets that he he is an able passer. He was trying to make it work. You know, he was getting triple doubles with fifty points and seventeen assists when he was on the on the on the Rockets. Exactly. Like he's he can be whatever you want him to be. Ben Simmons is just a two trick pony. He's he's passing and defense. You get now you get James Harden. You get a clutch scorer. You get a guy who shows up in the playoffs. The numbers are there. He hasn't won anything in particular, but he performs well in the playoffs. You can get he, he can close it out, okay? Like you got two closers now. You went from having arguably zero because Simmons ruins all the spacing for Embiid in a closing situation. You have two closers now. Arguably, you can even say more than that because I think everybody's going to play better in this situation. I mean, also oh, yeah. you Tobias can Harris is going to. He's actually going to benefit the most because now yeah. he's going to be a third or fourth scoring option instead of your second. Like, not for nothing, but Andrew Wiggins made the All-Star game. He has identical stats to Tobias Harris. The problem is, is Wiggins is in a better role because the Warriors have the scoring to allow him to flourish as a non-A or B option. Yeah. So now when Tobias Harris comes in and does that, Tobias Harris is going to benefit immensely from this trade. And like and like this time he is a legitimate third option. Like he wasn't last time, because Ben Simmons arguably is a three with the way he was playing. You know, he's a third option. So this is the first time Tobias is literally going to be the third option, and he is going to have much less attention on him. Tyrese Maxey, for that matter, um being Bro. able to span him with the second unit also, like staggering the minutes. And having one of these two guys out there with a second unit, you kind of lengthen your bench a little bit. Um, but also, if you like, the thing is, the thing that improved here, given that Embiid shows he could shoot outside, uh, shoot from, you know, mid to high, mid to long range, right? The fact that he can do that now, if you want to go ISO ball like James Harden can do. You have to respect Embiid out there when he is outside of the paint. So bro, I don't want Embiid everything's outside gonna, paint. yeah, but they're gonna no run some shot, some bro. plays and also like you know pick and roll should be pretty good here. So I'm just trying to say though, like you have so many options, you have so many ways to beat teams now that teams have to respect this. You got you got two MVP caliber players on the court, so I don't see how the Sixers don't win the deal. It just no. seems to benefit them so much. And then possibly even getting a second year out of him, too. He might be picking up his option. He still has time to do that. So, that's Bro, crazy. I don't want Embiid outside the paint. Like, if there's no need for it, then why do it? If you have it in the tuck just because you need to make adjustments, then do it. But, like, if you have a seven-footer, over-seven-footer, dominating the way he is, dude, like, for me, it's just, like, Allow the perimeter guys to make their plays. And then, you know, Embiid's going to clean up. He's going to do what he does. And then, like, for me, it's just like, I don't understand why a seven-footer would be shooting threes. I, I don't get it. Like, I, for me, like, it's not to say he's not good at it. It's just like, I just, for me, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not saying otherwise. I'm just saying you have options. Like, the way Embiid is playing this year, he wants to be in the paint. There's times that he's outside the paint, but I'm just saying, like, this guy wants to dominate in the paint, and he will. But I'm just saying, like, everything that he's done this year, like, it's going to be even better. That's the crazy part, is if he's shooting well this year, you know what I mean? They just just have so many ways to beat you. They're going to call ISO plays because James Harden likes playing in ISO, so it's going to happen at some point. 
doesn't mean he's got to leave the paint either, but I'm just trying to tell you, like, they just have so many ways to attack a defense. They might lose a little bit on the defense end, but, I mean, they still have Joel Embiid. They kept Thibel, which was massive. Like, you keep Maxi and Thibel out of this deal? I mean, that's already a win. That's already a win. Maxi's a baller. Mike, you were about to say something, that, I think. I was just going to say, like, Embiid, Maxi, and uh, Harris are a nightmare defensively. And honestly, even if you take out Harris or Thibel and put in Danny Green, he's still an uh, an above-average de- uh, defender for a guard. Oh yeah, so definitely. they're just their defense is going to be is going to be fantastic in the playoffs. I mean, even even now, but it's going to be a nightmare for players. And just to touch on like Nick with with Embiid getting out into uh, like three point land, like I'm with you. And but now with James Harden shooting ability, Embiid will be allowed to play bully ball. He will have so much more room to work with when he gets into the paint. Yeah, and he won't be triple teamed anymore. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you if you if you if you double him, good luck because now you have Harden and ISO. Then you have Tobias Harris, and like I said, and you still have Maxi. Yeah, we had that entire segment and didn't really even mention Maxi. And Maxi's Maxi could give you twenty. Yo, what do you guys think of this? By the way, since this is this is news from yesterday, the Sixers signed Willie Cauley Stein, who yeah, I know I he's had a couple of rough years, but he is quite the athlete. Like that doesn't just leave you. And as a second unit guy on a team like this, on a team that is super athletic. Uh, don't you think the fit is pretty strong? Like, I actually, I kind of like that signing. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to make a big deal about it, but having him as a second unit center feels pretty good. I, I mean, I want to see how it turns out, obviously, but. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little, like, indifferent on it. Like, I don't really, it's kind of like whatever. I mean, but him being a hyper, hyper athletic kind of is going to fit our mold in yeah. a sense. Get there. It, like, it's going to be beneficial. The whole key is when you get to that unit, the problem with the Sixers last year is as soon as Doc puts in his all-bench unit, which is ridiculous, by the way, but, but he tends to do that, and I, I don't think he's going to do that as much anymore, but I'm just saying, you know, it, having a guy who is capable, because losing Andre Drummond hurts a little bit, um, but just someone who's him, not going to like... him the most. Yeah. I would have rather lost like, Curry and kept, kept Drummond. As crazy as that sounds, I'm dead serious. Yeah, oh yeah, because we have guys who can replace Curry, even though he's a hell of a shooter. We have guys that can shoot. Andre Drummond, I mean, you see what he can do. He can hit the board. He cleans up. Um, He cleaned up. He could be a point center. (laughs) He's coming back. But uh, no, um, I'm just trying to say, like, I think having a guy that can play defense and hit the boards at a high level. Cause the Sixers haven't been a great rebounding team this year either. So I kind of like it. I was, I was kind of intrigued. I'm not trying to make a big deal about it, but um, maybe that's something though. That's, that's the key at this moment, like getting some guys off the scrap heap and uh, looking at the buyout market, there might be some options there. So who knows? They may not be done. Um, that being said though. So now we got the interesting the longer term picture here. I'm going to go a little facts or cap on you. Okay. A little bit of facts or cap. Cause no one hates that. All right. The Nets will make it to the NBA. Oh my God. I almost said NFL. Let me rephrase. Sour cuz. Yeah. We're so used to it. Right. The facts. Brooklyn Nets will make it to the NBA finals. 
facts or cap because they are the betting favorites right now. Uh, we haven't seen the full unit together. So this, this is cap. Um, because <laughs> I don't think that they can beat. I don't know if they can beat the Sixers or Milwaukee in a seven game series on the road. Hell, I don't know if, if my, Miami would cause them trouble. Yeah. Miami's but, fucking legit. Cause here's the thing. The, the, the Nets now are starting Seth Perry, who is a below-average defender. They're starting Kyrie Irving, who right now, they if you read it, he's still going to, even if they take off the mandate restriction, he still cannot play in New York City because of, like, a private mandate that the Nets fall under, a private business mandate. I was just reading about it. That's so fucking Kyrie, stupid. No, That's I know, I know. Dumb, bro. But even if Kyrie was playing, he's an average... He's an average to below average defender. Drummond, Drummond can't deal with Embiid. You looked at his Piston days, his uh-huh. Cavalier. He can't. He has no answer for Embiid. And so I just like I don't. I, I think I just I just think it's cap. I don't think they have enough. I still think that they're, they're actually missing a forward, a wing. They're missing a wing. They have a team full of guards. Yo, Nick. Before you answer, and by the way, that's a great breakdown, Mike. Very good. I just want to point out a comment from Tom over here. He's saying, who goes to the finals now that the Sixers acquire hard and honest answers? No homer BS. Hold on, Tom, all right? Hold on there. We'll, we'll get to you. But, Nick, facts are cap. Brooklyn Nets. It's cap. I uh, I don't like the way they're constructed. I feel like they're they're more built for like a three. They're, they're built for three superstars. Like, that's the way they built their roster uh off the off the rip um and none of them are really consistent like kd's hurt i mean he's probably like the best player in the the game arguably so when he's on the court when yeah when healthy but like kyrie irving's always a question mark you never know when he's gonna like play sit or have a tantrum or something like there's always something going on with him like it's like it's amazing how lebron won with him (laughs) But he was normal. But he was normal. Like, you know what I mean? But now he's like a flat earther and shit. And it's like, bro, like, what? Like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, like, I don't know if I want a flat earther on my team. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't. Like, I think that's dumb as fuck. And, um, but, yeah, then they acquired Simmons. And I, I just don't think he's a superstar. Like, I don't think, like, that. Like the Nets were built on that. So, the fact that they got rid of Harden, who, who's a top, you know, league scorer, they didn't benefit at all. So, like, I don't even know how they're favorites. Like, truthfully. I mean, they're the eighth seed, and they're favorites. Like, is the East that weak? Does Vegas think the East are that weak? Like, I just don't get it. Hold on, dude. You want to know how, how much I don't even worry about Simmons? I didn't even mention him when I just gave that. When I just gave my That's what I'm saying. Like, they're constructed on three stars. It's a total well, it was kind of like a it's like a wait and see kind of thing. Like we haven't even seen all of them together. We hardly even saw Harden with the other two together. We only saw oh, what, eighteen games. Yeah, you know? it was like twelve games. Like they like, it's just not going to work, man. I don't so, think, in my opinion, I'm going I'm going cap as well because, I mean, first of all, they didn't seem to have good chemistry even before Harden got there. They, they got chemistry issues. They can't play well together. Uh, it's a bunch of individuals. They don't have a deep bench. I mean, they got a little bit. They lengthened out a little bit here, um, acquiring Drummond and Curry. But for me, I just can't count on them, and I haven't seen it yet. Like until I see it, how am I supposed to believe it? 
And and Nick, good point by the way. They're eighth in the standings. They're coming off of a, a long ass losing streak. Like they have a lot of ground to make up. They're going to have to travel. Um, I, I mean, I just haven't seen anything from them. I can't, I can't judge that. I can't. Maybe they maybe they do work better together with Simmons there. Who knows? I'm willing to give it a chance, but right now, I know. Look, I see your face, Mike. But we have to be realistic. Like. If he comes back and is just who he is now and doesn't shoot, he was a top 25 player in the league. I'm not Bro. saying that he's – like I already told you, Harden is by far and away better. I'm just saying fit-wise, maybe it does work. But until they all get on the fucking court together, we can't say shit. It's just speculation. So I'd rather speculate on a stronger team from the East since the East is playing pretty well right now, which brings me to the next point. The Sixers – We'll make it to the NBA Finals. Facts or cap? No homer BS, Tom says. No homer Just BS? Breaking it, breaking it down. Basketball only here. No homer BS. This is for oh, you, Tom. It's tough because to me, it really depends where the seating lands. So I would favorite the Sixers in every series except against the Bucs. So, so I think that the Sixers are... If they avoid the Bucs in the second round, the Sixers, to me, are a lock to the Eastern Conference Finals. But, now here's the thing, they can beat the Bucs, absolutely. But I'm not sure yet. Like, they'll beat the Bulls, they'll beat the uh, the Nets, they'll beat the Heat, um, I, the Cavaliers, all those teams. Um, but it, I'm just, I'm going to say cap right now, just because I need to see the, the seeding first, because I don't think the Sixers are just far and away the, the, like it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to the finals. Bro, don't sleep on the Cavs, bro. What did you just say? Don't sleep on the Cavs. Oh, we're starting. We're starting this already. Bro, they're good. They're a good team. They're a good team. I'm not saying the they're Cavs. going to the finals. I'm not oh, saying okay. they're going to the finals. Say. But I'm not going to sit here and, and 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 shit on the Cavs here, bro. Like they're legit. You, I don't know what I don't know why you're making these faces, dude. They're fourth in the East right now, bro. Like I don't get it. They had the same record as the Sixers, and the Sixers just added James Harden. Yeah, I get it. Cool, but that doesn't mean the Cavs are a bad team. Like they're formidable, bro. They could. They're, yeah, they're scary. Let me, let me ask you a follow up there. Do you think the Cavs are better than last year's Hawks? I think last year's Hawks just got hot at the right time. So you think hey, the my, Cavs my, are a better team? I absolutely. I, can't say, I'm, I don't know. I mean, the Hawks went to the Eastern Conference Finals, bro. That's I mean, what are, saying, are, yeah. are the Cavs going there? Like, I don't think so. I think if the Cavs play the Bucks the first round, why not? Who's to say they can't beat them? So you're saying, in terms of what? the question here, you're saying facts are cap for the Sixers then? Oh, I'm saying facts. I don't know how. I mean, the, Miami's really good. Miami's legit. But, like, I'm not, like, no homer bullshit. Like, I think this is the Sixers' year. Like, they've been devastated in the playoffs year in and year out with the same fucking roster. Now they got James Harden. Maxi is a, is kind of an addition because, like, last year he wasn't really much of a factor. I mean, you saw flashes here and there, but now he's getting more playing time due to Ben Simmons being a pussy. Um, but overall, it's just like, yeah, like, I, I feel like they're in prime position to really, you know, grab the East and um, – I, I I personally think they can win it all. Love it, dude. Love it. I, I really do. I, I really do. Like I, I'm I'm all in. 
you know, with the Sixers, but because to me, like seeding don't matter. I think like I feel like the Sixers are gonna play the Celtics the first round. Ooh, man, I, I would just, love to see I that. I just want to play the Nets. You know what's funny? The Celtics have our number. It's just like I feel like when when the Sixers beat them, it's gonna be like a monkey off their back and they're gonna go on the run. Uh-huh. They're gonna crush. It's just, it's just a hunch. So true. Like, it just feels it's like a hunch. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to play the Celtics the first round, and then they're going to, you know, they're going to beat them like four to one or something. They're going to blow them out, and then they're going to have confidence, and they're just going to ride off into the finals and hopefully win that shit. Yeah, the Celtics have been a real pain in the ass, but um, a lot of that was self induced on our end, too. Um, honestly, guys, like, no bullshit. I, I can't I can't not say facts. I have to say facts. I have to. Who the fuck scares me in the East? Right now? Nobody. Because I like our one two punch better than anybody, but the difference between this year and last year, besides that, obviously, because that is a huge deal. That's a huge deal. Just having that one two punch right there. You can win a playoff series just off of those two. You can get to the Eastern Conference Final just off of those two. But the thing about the Sixers now is I feel like these younger guys stepped up, and I think that they're a deeper unit. Um, and it, it's kind of like addition. Tyrese Maxey is an, an addition just from maturity, just from last year to this year. I like how you just said that, Nick. Um, just the fact that he could do so much more. And... I feel comfortable with Matisse Thybul being able to shut people down in a in a one on one. Now, Mike, the point you made about the Bucks is a great one too because Ben Simmons was probably a great matchup to limit Giannis. Yes, and that that I don't know if we have an answer to Giannis on the Bucks offensive end, like on 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 our defense. I'm not sure how we would handle that. It would be a little bit different. It would be a slugfest kind of that series, I feel like. But um, well, who's going to stop Embiid? That's the thing is who's going to stop Embiid, and that's where I keep going with this. Is I just feel like he's on a whole different level this year. Like last year, I believe he was the MVP, and this year, somehow, some way, he feels leaps and bounds better. And he's always been a dominant rim protector, Pauls. But um, I, I just. I feel like he he's not going to be stopped this year, and I feel like he needed just that one last thing to push the Sixers to the next level, and he got it. And he got it in the form of somebody like James Harden, who I also feel like like I, I hear all the shit about him being a bad teammate at all, and I've seen nothing but leadership from him so far. I, I think this guy just landed in a situation that wasn't beneficial to him. And he seems motivated. I don't want to be like I don't want to speculate too much on the on the mental aspect, but the guy looks like he's motivated and wants to be there. So and and you saw what he's done. Like he's challenged he challenged Maxi in the game the other day to step up and be more aggressive. Like there's just there's something, there's an energy with the Sixers right now. Yeah. And they just they just they already were a strong team. And they add Harden to the mix, who wants to be there. It just feels like something's different now. It already felt like it was different before, but they were missing that extra piece, and now they have it. So I'm with you, Nick. I don't just like them to get there. I like their chances. It's going to depend on who gets there. 
But who's to say that they can't? Who? I mean, I don't see anyone that that particularly scares me. I think they're pretty much even with all the top contenders right now. I'm not going to say they're leaps and bounds better, but they're pretty much even. So that and puts them in the conversation for me. And you know what the funny thing is, too? Like, if we were to get to the finals and we played Phoenix, it would be a great matchup. But where we have the advantage at that point, I mean, Tyrese Maxey, in my opinion, is already better than Cameron Payne. So when you oh, yeah. lose your point guard for a minute, you know, at that point, I would say that Maxey would be more on the uh, along the terms of, like, elite as opposed to somebody like Cameron Payne. So, I mean, you know, that would be great. And then we cause huge matchup issues for the Warriors just because of size alone. So, I mean, I don't – it's going to be I, – I, look, I hope they go. I'm just not jumping the gun because don't overlook Milwaukee at all. Yeah, I, no, that's that's fair, Mike. I mean, they no, are the defending champs. I think that the Sixers will be favorited in every, in every series they play, maybe even Milwaukee, but I wouldn't say that. But that would be the only series where I thought that we would have a chance to lose. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If the Sixers don't make the finals, Doc Rivers gone? No. Why? Oh, I mean, I don't because I think that they'll give him another. I think that they'll give him with Harden and Embiid another year because Embiid uh, Harden wants stability, and I think what he just came from with the Nets and how he left Houston is just they're going to cater to him wanting stability, and I believe that he believes in Daryl Morey. And you know who, are you going, who are you really going to go get? Who can you get that's an experienced coach? I mean, I wanted Mark Jackson to begin with, and I still don't understand why he's a head coach. He built the fucking Warriors. And Steve credits Dan-tony, all the all the credit. D'Antoni buzz, though. You guys probably saw that, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, Doc they were already be, saying they were Doc already is. saying like Doc could be out, out the door now, which was kind of crazy. I never saw that happening. But D'Antoni waiting in the wings. Um I don't know, Nick. To answer your question, I would say it depends on how he coaches in this playoffs. Because last playoffs, I mean, he was horrible. <laughs> no better way to put it. I think he was awful. I think the rotation was garbage. Um, the timeouts, everything. Just the, from the management aspect, I thought he was as bad as you could be, especially for a veteran guy. Um, they're going to have to, you know. Because he was garbage. I don't know he what he's doing with these. I don't know what he's doing with these all bench lineups. Nah, I I don't like it at all. I don't like that. No, you know. But quick, I mean, thought, quick thought here. It's okay. funny that like James Harden, like he came to Philly to win a championship, right? Like he believes the Sixers like have like a legitimate chance. But it's funny that the team that he left is actually the favorites. Like, isn't that weird? I mean, for me, it just like it it tells me that he knows more than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There you go. So exactly. for me, it doesn't exactly. make any sense. Like I don't understand that. So I'm fading the Nets. Nick, and, I uh, love you saying that, dude, because that's like, that is so real. He knows. He he has to. I mean, not for nothing. How do you go to war with somebody that goes into a locker room, sits in his little, sits in his area, and starts burning sage to clear out bad energy? <laughs> but, yeah, here's the thing: like, if James Harden was missing an NBA championship on his resume, which he is. He would just suck it up and win a championship and leave, and then and then ask to be traded. Like, what's you know what I mean? Like, so the fact that he looked at the Sixers roster and was like, "Yo, I'm want to be in Philly." Like, 
it tells me more than I need to know about the Nets' we're, current situation. We're winning, That's a, all. We're winning a title. That's I all. Mean, it's I just telling me a lot of information. Yeah, and look, I, I'm, I'll just be honest. I think it's going to take them a handful of games to get into a rhythm together. I can't wait to see the game tomorrow night. Um, okay. Already rolled. I mean, I could see it working out right away, but I still want to see it, though. I still want to see it. You know, it's going to be interesting. This is like, this is must-see TV now, every single game. Every single game is must-see TV. Anyway, guys, I'm going to move us on. This is going to be kind of like a quicker point here. Um, I just wanted to know who was the biggest winner of the deadline. And you're allowed to say Sixers or Nets. But if if you do, though, tell me what was the second best deal of the deadline. And, and you don't have to go in-depth about this. Just kind of give me like a, a one-liner here. Uh, so the number one is the Sixers, obviously. And then number two, I would actually say the Pacers getting Halliburton. Um, and just to – I know it's coming next, but the Kings were – I don't know what in God's name that trade was. Yeah, you know what, Mike, here, the next question, the follow-up was going to be who's the biggest loser. So you can go ahead. You, yeah. you can explain so, both if you want. Yeah, the biggest loser to me, honestly, uh, the biggest winner – outside of the Sixers was the Pacers, and the biggest loser was the Kings. I mean, you trade a second-year player averaging 15 and 8. And he's he's like six foot four. Or six, I mean, he's a big he's a big kid. I think he's, big, he's bigger than that, 6'7", I think, maybe. But And then the other loser at that line is like the Wizards. You trade Spencer Dinwiddie for Kristaps Porzingis? Like, I, I just don't understand. Like, I don't understand what the Kings and the Wizards were thinking doing that. At all. It just doesn't make sense to me. But bad franchises do bad things. Facts. Cellar dwellers. Low key. Yeah. Low key. A winner for me was the Bucks, bro. Getting uh, Ibaka. I was like, going to say that too. That's their weakness on their team. So for me, it's just like getting him that's is major, major depth right there. So they needed that much. Much needed that. So I'll, I'll go with the Bucks as a second uh, for me. Yeah. And I think the losers, the team that didn't do anything would be the Lakers. I mean, bro, they're, mm-hmm. they are garbage, bro. Like, they're four games behind 500. Like, they need to make a move. Careful about what, bro? They're not even in the playoff picture right now. No, well, I'm, I'm not careful. I don't give a fuck. The bottom line is they, they should have made a move. They failed to do so. So, like, for me, that's, like, my loser. Like, you know, because I, I, I feel like this could be LeBron's last year in, in L.A. So, my thing is, they should have maximized his time there. So, I'm, I I think they're the losers. Okay. I, oh, man. I, I'll be honest with you guys. Um, I like I like pretty much everything you said. So, I'll throw in another one just to be different. Because um, the Halliburton thing is a major win for the Pacers. The Sixers are the biggest winner. Um, I like Karis LeVert going to the Cavs. Yes. That's kind of like a... Yeah, that's a good that's a good move. I mean, what did they really lose there? They didn't really lose anything there, you know? Um They traded Ricky Rubio who has a torn ACL. (laughs) Cleveland. Like you didn't really lose anything there. You gain an athlete like him. Um I mean I'm with you with Halliburton and Ibaka as well. I was gonna say Ibaka. Um steady veteran. All right. And then uh, I was gonna say the Lakers too. Uh, they needed to shake something up, and I know, I, I know, it it kills you to hear that, Mike. They needed to shake it up, man. I I just can't. 
I don't know how they can work this out. Like, I don't know how they could work this out. I really can't. Like, I actually would have been interested to see if a John Wall experiment could have worked just because we already saw Russell Westbrook can't. And for them to do nothing is like you're really, really counting on Anthony Davis to come back and be healthy during the playoffs. And we already know. His Anthony's pretty close, close. Davis. We already know. That's real like, shit, bro. It's nothing about LeBron. Like, LeBron's playing phenomenal basketball yeah. as usual. So, they are really counting on this guy who is consistently in street clothes to show up and be available. If he does, then they always got to take him seriously. But they're – like, the, the, the next question is, can they get in? I would think, yeah, right? But, like, with the way that they're playing right now, they're, they're falling. They're – like – I don't want to say I'm nervous because you got LeBron on this team. So they're getting in, in my opinion. But I'm just saying, they they need to shake something up. Like it's I'm just stunned. They did nothing. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. You know, on some on some serious shit though. If if LeBron leaves the Lakers, the Lakers should trade Anthony Davis. hundred percent. I would trade him. I would package both of them up. If you, all right, so here I have a scenario for you. If you call the Celtics right now and you say Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis, who says no? I'm not saying no. I, I, I fuck with I, I fuck with uh, Tatum a lot. Like he's well, got no, nasty I would take, I would take Tatum, no questions asked. But I was just curious. Who, who do you think would say no? It's just because like he's more reliable, bro. Like Anthony, like Anthony Davis is always like hurt. Like you can't oh, rely can. on that, and he's a big man. So like eventually it's gonna catch up. It's gonna catch up longer. I mean, uh, quicker on him than somebody else. You know what I mean? Because that's a lot of weight on somebody and, uh, you know, as tall as he is. So, like, for me, it's just like, bro, the body type for me, it's just not sustainable. So I'd rather get rid of the player while I can, while he's at the, you know, prime of his career, per se, quote, unquote, and get something for him and then build from there. Like, that's the best way. If LeBron leaves, like, that's the thing, too. He leaving? No. Bro, he always leaves, bro. This is a conversation. Save this. Save this, because this is a conversation we'll probably be having soon enough. All right. I love that we gave basketball their time. They needed it. Um, we needed it. Love that we have basketball back. But we have to go to the NFL. We had some topics we pushed off from last show because the Super Bowl shit was fucking fire. We had a great conversation last show. Um, I don't know if we'll get to all this NFL stuff actually because. We had a really good NBA conversation there. So, um, that being said, you know, insert NFL music. All right, you're not going <laughs> to hear it tonight. I just, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, some early headlines, and some of these I don't expect us to be staying on for too long. So maybe we will get to it all. I don't know. I'm going to prioritize the ones I think are most important, and if they carry over, they carry over. Okay. Sound good, guys? I think everybody's going to be okay with that. As always, everybody, please keep hitting us up in the comments. And please share our show. We would really appreciate it. Thank you, as always. And I'm, I'm trying to keep track of this, even though it's a different monitor for me today. But I'm, I'm trying to keep track of the comments. And uh, so, yeah, please let us know your opinions on these next subjects, because these are interesting ones. We have to start, though, with the GOAT. It's inevitable. I mean, he always comes first. So, Tom Brady. 
we're back. Tom Brady, we're here again. I'm going to lay out, like, the scenario for you, and you're going to give me your thoughts, all right? Albert Breer reported there were things about the Bucks program that frustrated Tom Brady before retirement. They weren't just necessarily Bruce Arians' issues. Next, you hear Rich Orberger, former player, who tends to say some bullshit, all right? Let's just be real here. He's, he's He likes to... Yeah, yeah, he caps. He caps. All right. He says the Brady and Arians honeymoon was over. The relationship was souring. They weren't seeing eye to eye on offensive game plans. And while Arians was rehabbing, Brady and Leftwich would work on game plans. Arians would come back and change everything up. Red marker everywhere. Okay. They felt undermined, supposedly. Interesting takes here. All right, if that's true, that's fucking wild. But I guess the first place we start is, do you think it's true? Um, do you think there's any truth to this speculation of what happened behind the scenes with the Bucks? Do you have an alternate theory of what's going on over there? And lastly, do you think there is a remote chance that Brady comes back? And this doesn't have to be long-winded, okay? I'm just... I'm throwing it out there because we are not doing our due diligence if we don't answer about the goat. All right? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real quick and brief, bro. Like, Good. why do we listen to these fucking media outlets that say shit? You know what I mean? It's a slow NFL period. Of course, they're gonna throw around some bullshit stories to create buzz to get clickbaits. What the fuck are we talking about, bro? Like, what what like what relationship was damaged between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady? If you looked at Tom Brady's retirement post, it was all about the Bucks. So, like, what, what, what is, so what is it like? What are we talking about here? Like, these people don't even know what the fuck is going on in that building. That's that's the funny thing to me. And um, do I think Tom Brady can come back? Personally, like, yeah, like I actually do. I I think there was a part of him that wanted to leave Tampa, but not due to any like personal reasons. I think he wanted to to leave because he was looking at the situation, the salary cap, and you know trying to retain players. They lost Antonio Brown, could possibly lose Godwin. So if he comes back, who's who's he who's left? Gronk. Oh, oh, you know Gronk's a free agent. Obviously, he would come back if Brady did, but. You know, they got free agents like uh, Ryan Jensen, uh, Carlton Davis. Like, they're going to lose some players. So he's probably looking to bow out gracefully, per se, like in a, in a good way, and possibly come back when the Bucks get a quarterback and then, you know, kind of maybe make a uh, comeback and then see who's available as far as teams and seeing who, who can possibly give them the best chance. Apparently, there was a lot of talks about the Niners going around, so – who knows, you know, but I definitely – I don't count out a, uh, a return, per se. Do you so. think he will, though, Nick? Like, just do straight I up, think... do you think he will? Yes or no? Right yeah. now, as of right this minute. Yo, gut, gut feel is coming back. Oh, you're back on board. Yo, gut feel is coming back, bro. Like, I know he's he, – right. I, I know he just announced that he's, like, you know, in that movie and stuff, but – I think as as time moves forward, mini camp starts, training camp starts to creep around the corner. I think the itch, he's gonna get the itch, bro. Oh my god! I, 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 I just do. Like I just do. I I feel like it's it's inevitable, bro. So I, I just want to point out. I want to point out before I pass it to Paul's, the audience is agreeing with you, Nick. As far as the reports, Tom says clickbait. 
Ressi says, no, he is done. Oh, okay. come on, bro. But um, we'll see. Pauls, what I'm do you think? Pissed, though. That's, to really be heck. fair, I'm I mean, listen, everybody, everybody should know, like, Nick Pasillo, Nick Theories, yeah, Mr. Would know Theories. about Tom Brady. Mr. Theories over here. This right. is Tom Brady's number one fan, so I think no his opinion might hold some weight here. Just saying. Yeah. Go ahead, Paul. So no, I think it's bullshit to be honest. Um, like Nick said, he he didn't even mention the Patriots. It was all about thanking the Bucks organization. So I love that point. I thought that was brilliant by Nick. Brilliant work. But yeah, it was I, good. Like, I just like I don't I don't know where the stories come from. To be honest, I think that Tom Brady it, retired mainly because of his wife, and mainly and because he knows what's going on with the roster around him. But to be perfectly honest, if he does come back and forces him his himself somewhere else, I think that's pretty weak. I'm dead serious. I do. I think that's a weak move by him if he comes back and forces himself to a better team. Why? He threw for 43 touchdowns. He threw for 5,300 yards. He could still perform at a high level. Why do you need the whole deck stack? Your entire MO was built on doing more with less. Because he doesn't have time for any other players to develop. He wants a full roster because he only, his, he has one, two years left, bro. Yeah, you can't win with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin if they bring him back. And I Robbie. think he can, but I am think he's looking at other situations. Like, I think he's probably taking a step back because he can. Like, he can, I'll bro. Be honest. He, he can do that. Yo, I'll be honest. I don't think if they wanted to, it really all depends. Like with Tom Brady out of the picture, things might change for these free agents that are on the team. But if he did want to come back, per se, I mean, I don't think they would have all that much trouble bringing everybody back. It would require a lot of cap creativity and maybe they lose one to two guys tops. But really, I don't think think they would have that much trouble losing people uh, or bringing people back. So for me, I actually think he just really wanted to step away and clear mind, reset, spend some time with his family. And if the itch comes back, the door's still open right now. And he gets to skip training camp and all, which we saw like Gronk did that before. Gronk said that on, on uh, man in the arena, but I think Tom Brady really does care about his integrity. And um, maybe this is a situation where I don't want to rule out Tom Brady sitting a year out and coming back next year fresh um away from the game of football so i mean as for the reports i think rich ornberger is full of shit i think that he was piggybacking here um i think albert breer though is interesting because he's he's pretty good guys and he he specified there were things about the program that he was frustrated by but it wasn't necessarily arians there might be a little something going on over there but yeah it's called I, just don't, I don't want to speculate on what Okay, I don't want to speculate on what I I think there might be a little bit of truth to that one, but that doesn't mean that's the reason he retired. I don't think that's the the reason. I, I really do think that he might have just shifted towards family. And I, I as of right now, I don't think he's coming back. No, nope. it cracks me guess. up. Bro, these reports I, crack me up, bro. Like I know if you think about it, like there were some, you know, parts of the program he didn't like. All right, like let's be real here. This as every quarterback really thrilled with the program every single day. Like, they don't have any issues here going on. You don't think Mahomes runs into some shit? Like, you don't True. think Rodgers? I mean, I mean, obviously Rodgers does, but, like, do you? Like, I'm sure every single NFL player goes through some things about the program they don't like. I mean, and they that's do, what but, it is. The, 
the thing is that makes that interesting is there wasn't something about the program that wanted hit that made him want to come back either. Like there must have been a combination of factors. It was maybe a little bit that it was more about family, but like this guy coming off of that loss that he just suffered where he was this close with the competitive fire of Tom Brady of the past, I thought that would bring him back alone. So there had to be something besides just family that dissuaded him. And I'm not saying it's a large factor in the equation, but there wasn't something that pulled him back in either. You know, like this is a, this is a Super Bowl roster and that should be enough in itself. So something had to have contributed to this besides just family. I, I don't want to say it was a lot though. That's the thing. It's like, it's a combination of all these factors at once. Well, here's you know? my thing. Here's my thing. So, like, I never had. I don't think anybody had, had any indication he was he was retiring at all this year. What like, I don't think so either. Like, yeah, no, nothing gave me the indication he was he was looking to retire. Not not once. So, for me, it's like okay. So, the the way he announced it so quickly, like a week after the Super Bowl, or actually be like before the Super Bowl, or something, he announced it. It was just like okay. It allowed the Bucks to go find something else. So my head is saying, okay, he probably just wanted out because I'm telling you, he probably looking at, like at other teams and saying, fuck it, I can go to the Niners and win this shit, bro. It's possible. I don't worry about no cap shit. I don't got to worry about nothing. I can just go there, plug me in, and we'll, and we'll we'll go to Super Bowl and win. So like, who knows? Maybe he wants to be the first player to win. Uh, <laughs> Three rings another, with uh, three different teams. Like I don't know. Like there's got to be another goal that he that he wants to set out. So like for me, it's just like the timing of it is kind of shady because it allowed the Bucks to kind of look into other options such as uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or whoever's available. Um, so it, it you know so if they get somebody, he could be like, well shit, maybe I can come back and see who's who needs a quarterback, who's who's Super Bowl ready right now. If I come back right now around training camp, boom, plug me in, we're rocking and rolling. But then again, a part yeah, of me I mean, is like, you know, he needs that, you know, rapport with his receivers too. So I don't know. You know what I mean? I just think the timing of it was really strange for me. So like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna completely close the door. Yeah, that's what's unsettling is like it was the whole mystery, the mystery to it, and not having any advance notice to this thing. So I won't put any of that past him, really. I mean, it's fair. None of us know the answer, by the way. We're just shooting the shit. So we'll yeah. see how it goes, guys. We're going to move on. I think that we could probably get to two more of these before we call it a night, and then we'll carry over two more. All right. So next up, we would be crazy to not mention Aaron Rodgers with all the fucking buzz going on right now. Like, this is this is some serious buzz, and we could be coming up on an answer real soon because I feel like this situation is coming to a head. So I will explain... I see you, pals. <laughs> I'll explain what's going on here for the people that missed what might have happened uh, in the past week. I'm going to explain what's going on here, all right? The first thing, the Packers make a low-key move that didn't get much buzz. They bring back Aaron Rodgers' first QB coach, Tom Clements, who Aaron Rodgers credits to a ton of his success and development as a QB. He was retired, guys. Tom Clements was retired. And the Packers bring him back, okay? Interesting. Like, that's actually interesting. This is a big-name guy here. You know, you lose Hackett, who he loves, but you bring in another guy that he loves. 
interesting. You wonder if they did it for Rodgers or if they actually just they just did it. I don't know. There's got to be some part of it where it has to do with Rodgers. I don't know. All right, that's part yeah. one. Part two, got- though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking that too, Nick. But part I two, and I, I don't know if anyone saw this, but Aaron Rodgers' emotional thank you on Instagram, kind of uncomfortable almost. It's like, it was like revisionist kind of like, you know, just thanking everybody for this year in particular. He thanks his now ex-fiance for being by his side. He thanks um, some of his closest Packer teammates. Um, the, I, I don't think the organization got much credit there, but he was just thankful for this year. Let's just put it that way. And it was like touchy feely bullshit, very emotional out of fucking nowhere. He's probably just, he's playing us all. He knows what he's doing. I think he knows what he's doing. I think he's known all along, but he's playing it out a little bit here. And he, he knows he's got the media around his, his little pinky finger right now, awaiting every fucking little clue. So I think he's playing around a little bit. But anyway, these are things you got to take note of. All right? Those are the latest situations here. Oh, and he thanked the QB room, too. Can't forget that. Teammates, QB, ex-fiance, thank you so much. He had a wonderful year. It was memorable, and he just loves these relationships, okay? It's fucking crazy. Where do you stand, though? Where do you stand now at Rodgers? And feel free, if you want to change your mind like some of these analysts out there, they're already flipping the script, okay? He's I'll gone. What I'm thinking in a minute. but He's gone. He's gone. Paul is sticking with it, huh? You're sticking he's with the retirement. Dude. I said this the minute after he lost that game, bro. He's coming on there. Oh, my God, I did a 12-day cleanse. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about, bro? How can I forget that, too? <laughs> You That's did a twelve-day cleanse, so you go on Instagram and pour your heart out to your ex-fiance. Like this, what I'm talking about with these fucking vegans, bro. I don't understand it. They stop eating meat and lose their mind. They need to start following Paul Saladino. He's a great follower. That's on fucking insane, bro. <laughs> like I'm so tired of it. It's unbelievable, dude. This dude is such a diva, man. Everything is about. He really him. is now. He is he a really diva. Is. He's annoying. And, and, like, and like I said, bro, it's. I came around on him this year because, like, he was being really open with the media on Pat McAfee show. I was like, you know what? I can get, I can get behind him on this with whatever, whatever. But it's just like, at the end of the day, he always makes it about himself. Then, in like the last picture, he has uh, Randall Cobb and he has. Uh, Dude, my man, I just saw Tom's comment. Nobody will understand that. But. Yeah, yeah. So, Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, and he normally stands behind, stands in between them, and he's not there in that last picture. And it's like, what are you doing? Why are you hinting at stuff like that just to get the media in a frenzy? If you're going to retire, retire. Make your decision, move on with it. Tom Brady retired and went about his business. That's what I don't like with Aaron Rodgers. That's why I couldn't stand him for so long because it's just like, he, it's always about him. It's just always wrapped up in his shit. And not, like I said, I've said this a million times. I know he's talented. He won a Super Bowl. He hasn't performed in the playoffs at all for the last several years. I just, I don't understand why he gets this, like, this respect is just given to him. Like, I'm just so tired of his shit. He's going to retire, though. Bro. You're, dude, I understand why you're so frustrated with him, but. The, with the cleanse, the 12-day cleanse, like, 
I feel like a lot of, like, the NFL players put a lot into the season, bro, like, year-round. So, like, sometimes, like, when you put a lot into something and you come out, you know, like, on the losing end, it hurts, bro, because you put hold so up, much into it. So sometimes, it, like, you got to step away a little bit and kind of clear your head because all you're used to every day was putting in the work to achieve a goal, and you didn't achieve it. So sometimes you got to take a step back and kind of, you know, recalibrate yourself. No, I totally understand that. However, he made this entire season about him, his anti-vax shit, and homeopathic medicine. He was never talking like this in years past. Now, all of a sudden, he goes homeopathic medicine, all natural, body autonomy, and you want to come off of another disappointing loss to an inferior team, and you're going to say, oh, what was that Instagram post about? Oh, I was coming off a 12-day cleanse and felt that you do that. I text you and tell you I fuck with you. I text Palante and tell you I love you. I don't need to go on Instagram and thank my ex-girl. Allie, if you're watching that, I don't have an ex-girl or a side piece. I apologize. But I'm just saying, you see what I mean? I he do see himself. what you mean. He found himself, bro. Last year, he was saying <laughs> he he was saying he stepped away. He went on vacation. He didn't talk to anybody. He was away, like, and then he found himself, and he became more vocal. And he now he's just being himself. And now people are are confused by it because they're not used to this Aaron Rodgers. But the fact that he feels like he's being himself, whereas you know, like I'm sure behind closed doors, this is who he always was. But like he wasn't. He was probably more of like an introvert and. To the media, you know what I mean? Like, but now he's just like, fuck it, I don't care. So I think he found himself last offseason. I think, you know, and then he just started opening it up about his opinions. And then he put, he still put the same amount of work in he does year in, year out. Like, so like the fact that he, that he lost, you know, like I'm sure he, it stung him a bit, man. And imagine waking up every day working for a goal and you just don't achieve it, bro. Like that's that heartbreaking shit, you know? Like, what? Yo, hear me out. And as far as, and as, far as Green Bay signing uh, that guy that, you know, early in his in his career, like maybe Aaron Rodgers is, just wants to put Green Bay or he wants to give uh, that coaching to Jordan Love. Like maybe he actually really cares about Jordan Love's growth and he thinks it would be beneficial Pause. for the Packers. Pauls. So I think, <laughs> like, personally, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is getting traded, bro. No, like, sh- I, I think he's getting traded. I think he's. I think the fact that like Green Bay brought back uh, Rodgers as quarterback coach or whatever, I think that's more for like a Jordan Love kind of thing, like to give him some love for Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really believe that, bro. Like, who? Like, if he cares about the Packers organization, like he said in that post, and he cares about that the organization as a whole, then like maybe he wants the best for Jordan Love and, and the Packers franchise moving forward when he moves on. Interesting. Good stuff. Hear me out, guys. Hear, hear me out. Because there's really, when I when I read this stuff, and you follow the breadcrumbs, all right? You follow the trail, and you see, like, oh, well, yeah, he, he definitely is coming off as a diva. It's actually annoying me, and I've been a longtime supporter up, up till this year. I, I love his game. Don't get me wrong, but uh, he's just, he's kind of annoying now. So the act is getting a little stale. But I think there's two ways to go about this. And it's either retirement or he's leaving the Packers. I don't think there's any shot he's going back to the Packers at this point. There might have been a slim chance. Um, the Tom Clements thing kind of seems like a last-ditch effort to me. So, hear me out. Like, I... Pauls, by the way, your video just... My bad. I'm gone. Yeah, I don't I, know what happened there. I was checking But anyway... I'm coming up on low. 
<laughs> well, we're, we're almost done here. We're almost done. Know, but anyway, gonna... I think that this whole clench thing was him saying he's getting clenched to the Packers. <laughs> no. My God, you did not do that. I think that he's clenching himself with the Packers, and the post was the final cleansing. It's uh, like he is done. He's done with the Packers. I think all along, guys, I- I'm not even kidding you. I think he's known since last year that he was gone. I really do. Like, I-, I think he's known that he's been gone, but I think now it's a matter of picking destinations, and I think that he probably already knows that too. So <laughs> I think he's just – I think he's getting traded, and I think he's been trying to follow – the Tom Brady trail. I think he's. I think he's been watching Tom Brady very closely the last couple of years, and he wants to be like Tom Brady, the way he has a hold over a team and um, just is revered in everything that he does. And he wants to come off as this, you know, extraordinary person, uh, larger than life media figure. So like he's drinking that water. He wants to be. Like, he wants to look like it's cordial right now. So he don't look like a bad person. He got a lot of negative press not too long ago. So he's getting traded. And I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking with my prediction. I'm going to repeat it here one more fucking time. I'm going to say it again, and I'm sticking with it. Aaron Rodgers is going to the Denver Broncos. I knew it. I, and this I, is probably I already done. Listen to me. It's probably already done behind the scenes. So... It's just a matter of him telling the Packers, all right, send me here. Because he's going to have control over this. That that was one of the things he negotiated last offseason. He's going to the Broncos, and this is the deal. I'm going to repeat it again in case people miss this. I said this on two different shows now. I'm saying it again. The Packers are trading Aaron Rodgers to the Denver Broncos for two first-round picks this year next year, plus Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy needs to be extended. This is cap. And I also already said this. Not only is he going there, Devontae Adams is going with him. They are not going to franchise tag him, and they're not going to sign him. I think it's Rodgers and Adams going to the Broncos. Judy heads back in the deal. It works out for him, too. He'll get extended over there. He's going to be the number one for the time being. Uh, They already re-signed Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, the long-term deals. And they're going to have to maneuver the cap a little bit to get both these guys, but they can, though. They have a lot of space right now. So, honestly, it works out for both sides. And the Broncos immediately become... Well, here's the thing. If I'm the Packers, bro, like I would franchise tag Adams and see what I can get for him. Well, right now they can't because they have to get under the cap first. That's what I'm saying. Like, be, they, and they have a they deadline. Have ability, that's what I'm saying. If they had the ability to get under the cap, um, I would franchise tag Adams. And if I'm going to trade Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to trade Adams. And then I'm going to I'm going to get three first round picks and rebuild the whole fucking roster. They said I don't think we're going to let them. Um, they said test that the market. The Adams test the market. Because yeah, they they don't want to overpay, and also <laughs> they know they can't get under the cap before the tag deadline. They know they can't. And it would take a trade of Aaron Rodgers to be able to do so. Who's to say that Aaron Rodgers isn't just holding out this long so that they can't tag Adams? Did you ever think of that? No, that's pretty good. I mean, because it's only a couple weeks away. It's, what, March 8th? 
March 8th is the tag deadline, I'm pretty sure. So, it just seems like he knows this is a calculated move. He's a smart guy in most ways. I don't but, think he's going to fuck the Packers, though, bro. Like He's not, I think though. That, They're going to get two first-rounders and Judy. I think, yeah, I know. But, like, in terms of, like, waiting on what he decides, you know what I mean, for, like, them to not franchise tag Adams. Like, I, I, I just don't see that. Like, I think, like, that – Instagram post, I, I I think he meant that shit, bro. I think he really fucks with the. I think he loves the organization, like he cares about them. Um, and I, I just don't, I don't see anything like I don't, I just don't see bad blood in the end. Like I think that's like the thing, Nick. they're gonna grant that's him his wish. Thing. He's gonna be happy and they're gonna move on. Like I I don't I I just don't think he's trying to fuck them by holding holding on to retirement or. Um, that's the thing, though. The thing, though, is, Nick, is even if this whole saga ended today, you still have two weeks to figure out your cap situation and then convince a situation to Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams could say, fuck this, I'm not going to sign, and I'm quitting. Like, there's just no way all these variables can be solved in a two-week period at this point. They have way too many issues. And, by the way, the Packers allowed for this to happen when they renegotiated terms with Aaron Rodgers to bring him back last year. So they allowed this. They knew what they were doing. They gave him this opportunity, and they know that they're going to get compensation back in a deal. So really, like, the situation, it is what it is, and I don't think there is bad blood, even if he did the most, uh, you know, the biggest fucking bullshit thing ever, waiting till March 8th. Like, it, it's at this point, this is the path that they gave him. They allowed him to do this. And... Like I said, it's a short window of time, and it's already the end of this week. Realistically, like this, this shit just doesn't get done on weekends in the NFL. It just doesn't happen. So, you got basically a week and a half to to figure out all three of these things. And I think it's just a foregone conclusion. I think the whole thing is calculated. Yeah. I'm with you, Palante, on Denver. I said this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the the head coaching hirings and when Hackett went to Denver. I was like, I yep. think I think Aaron Rodgers could potentially go to Denver. I think he's going to go there. Like I, I think, think he wanted to go there before. There. Yeah. I actually think that was the team because we've been saying it all year that Denver is a location where you get a QB, everything's different. I think he but already had interest, yeah. and then they bring in Hackett on top of that. It's like this just sealed the deal. Everything, it's sealed to me. And I think the deal itself, the one I've been suggesting for a couple of weeks, a few weeks or whatever, it just makes way too much sense for both sides. Jerry Judy's not going to re-up with the Broncos. I can guarantee you that. It would have already happened. They made their choice. They made their choice with Jerry Judy. And he hasn't been on the field. Yo, check this scenario out, though, bro. Hear me out. Go ahead. Throw me another. Two two first-round picks. Noah Fant. And a fifth for Rodgers, right? But hear me out. You know who's a free agent? Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> I knew you could have What if he it. goes to Denver, bro? Yo, what if he goes to Denver, bro? Fuck around. Look, well, <laughs> Look the fuck out, bro. Well, to me, what? I think a what? Noah Fant thing, Noah Fant would be like an after the Rodgers deal kind of thing for me. And even so, by the way, Who's to say they can't have Gronk and Noah Fant? There's nothing saying that they can't. Really. I mean, Gronk's a one-year deal. He'd be he'd be pretty easy to bring under the cap. So what? This is why what? I'm saying like 
What makes it's you guys so about maneuvering? What makes you guys so confident that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to De- is going to go to Denver and in one year do what he couldn't do in Green Bay the last ten? I didn't just, say any of that just yet. Change but... scenario, bro. Like I, I just a change of scenery. Like sometimes some players, some sometimes you need that, bro. Sometimes you need to like go somewhere else and kind of like you know just start fresh, bro. Like sometimes you need that. Yeah, like Yo, he found himself also, last off season, and now he wants to cleanse, and now he wants a new, a new, a new scenery. Like there's no, there's nothing wrong with that, dude. Sometimes when you take a step back and you and you find yourself, you start to realize things that you do want versus what you don't want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so also, I Nick, I think that's the case. Add to your point, Nick. Two years in a row now, and this is not just teams are seeing this, but the players are seeing this too. Two years in a row now. A quarterback has changed teams and won a Super Bowl the the year with their new team, the same year. Two years in a row. And Aaron Rodgers already looked like he was on the way out. Aaron Rodgers looks like a guy who needs to change the scenery. The Packers probably need it too. It's it's kind of the act is kind of old now. Um, and they need to eventually see what they have in Jordan Love, even though we think that he's probably garbage. They still need to see it. And they still could build a roster around him right now when they do um, lose these players and finagle with the cap. So they're, they're going to need to see an answer at some point because that's just the way it is. Um, and that's how I see it playing out. I, I think he's known. I really do. I think he's already known. It's the Tom Brady thing, man. It, it's an attractive, it's an attractive path what he's been doing. So anyway, I think this yeah, one's more you, of a credit. Corruption, Pauls. <laughs> Like you started off hot, bro. Now you're just chilling there, and like, bro. I just, I, I never, I never thought Aaron. I thought Aaron Rodgers. Like, here's the problem for me. Growing up a Peyton Manning fan, Peyton Manning did nothing but get shit on year in and year out. Oh, he's the best regular season quarterback ever. This, that, and the third. It is, it is mind blowing, dude. This guy is has the has had the best wide receiver in football for years now. He's had Greg Jennings, Donald Driver. He's had to, he's now he had Robert Tunyon who was who, who had all those touchdowns. Aaron Jones. He's had running. I'm, uh, he's had running backs. It's just like Eddie Lacy before he gained seven hundred pounds. Like this dude gets so many passes, bro. And I'm so tired. I, of, like he ain't all that. Oh, come I, on. Listen, Mike, Mike, Mike. Bro, I'm not going to shit on his ability to play quarterback, bro. He's a good no, quarterback, I, but he's, and he's listen, the hardest in the history of, of quarterbacks. Mike, I don't think cap. he's getting a pass. I don't think he's getting a pass. And also, Peyton just had more of the spotlight. But I don't think he's getting a pass. And I also don't – I'm not telling you that the Broncos are winning shit. I'm just telling you it's an appealing situation. And, yeah, I could see it possibly – I could see it possibly happening because the Denver Broncos with Aaron Rodgers would be a better team than the Packers right now with Aaron Rodgers. The Broncos have a fully constructed defense. They have more weapons there. The only thing that's lesser is the offensive line, but you could argue that they're almost equal. The Packers offensive line was missing Bakhtiari all year. So that's one point. Let me answer your second, though, before I I know you want to say something. The second point is this. And I, and I, I wholeheartedly believe this watching the guy's career and given the the status of the players that you just talked about, their draft status, where they came from, you could easily argue that Aaron Rodgers made them who they are. You could easily argue that. Because Devontae Adams, by the way, even 
first half of his career, he was looking like a bust. And I'm not saying that he, he would have turned out that way, but Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of players look good. Because let's be honest, like Alan Lazard is probably a practice squad player. And to even make him look like a possible number two at points is something you could credit. Or Robert Tunyon, who was a nobody. You know, like these are guys, th- these are scrap heap players. Let's just be honest. And I'm not saying like they don't have a future in the NFL. Uh, I'm just saying like Aaron Rodgers has made these players better. Jordy Nelson was not Jordy Nelson without Aaron Rodgers. Jordy Nelson was was literally a nobody. Greg Jennings, same, like, Greg Jennings came in with not too much buzz. Let's just be honest here. Devontae Adams was a bust for at least three, four years. He was a late bloomer. Now, now that um, is... Donald that Driver, is... back end of his career. What, I mean, you know? Yeah. Donald and, Driver and was fair. not the same player he was before when he had Brett Favre. I'm with you, and that's fair, but here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers is the one underperforming in the majority of these playoff games. Fair. And both things can be true, by the way. Both things can be true, that he's not performing in the playoffs, but also makes these players better. I just think a change of scenery is just, it's completely necessary. That's all it is, change of scenery. And and look what it did. Look what it did for Tom Brady. Look what it did for Matthew Stafford. First year QBs with their new teams, new systems. And they went in their first year. It's an appealing path that he already was interested in. And then seeing Matthew Stafford do it, he's got to be like, damn, I should have done this last year. That's probably what he's thinking. I should have done this last year. I had the opportunity to do it. And I stuck around in a situation I didn't want to be in. He probably should have done it last year. I feel like the NFL is starting to shift to super teams. I feel like it's kind of modeling the NBA in a bit. Well, you know what else you're seeing, Nick? I really what do. You're seeing I, here... I feel like you're able to put put together a Super Bowl caliber team just having the quarterback and a couple, you know, offensive pieces. If you have a, a decent defense and you have a good defensive coach, you can coach him up to be a borderline top 10 defense. You have a chance, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of teams are starting to figure that out. And um, I don't know. It just feels like the, the NFL is kind of shifting in a way. Like, I mean, the last two Super Bowl winners were first-time quarterbacks of the new team. So, like, for me, it's just like it's almost just saying it's kind of like a replica of the NBA. It's starting to become a shift a shift of, uh, you know, of way to build a team. To add on to your point, Nick, it's not just even that. I think what we're seeing here is teams as well as quarterbacks understanding – like quarterbacks understanding the leverage they have, really good quarterbacks have sure. insane leverage, but also teams realizing that, hey, all it takes for me to go from point A to point B up here hoisting a trophy is I need to bring in an elite quarterback, and teams don't have patience with quarterbacks anymore. No. So what's happening here is you're seeing an unprecedented amount of quarterback movement. And the quarterbacks are the reason why these teams are being created because then players say, oh, I want to go play for this guy too. So, like, it's a combination of those factors. You've never seen quarterback movement like this before, and I think this year is going to be the craziest year for quarterback movement that we've ever seen. That's what we're buckling up for. We could be seeing 12 different jobs turn over. And by my calculation, it could be even more. You could be seeing some retread guys getting new starting jobs like Mariota and Trubisky. You could be seeing them starting this year. You're going to see an unprecedented amount of movement. Um, And this is just, I mean, when you're mentioning these big hitters too in these conversations, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Tom Brady, you got Carson Wentz, who's an enigma. 
Um, you got Russell Wilson. You have Kyler Murray, even his name getting tossed around a little bit. Like these are guys you don't hear about moving ever. Quarterbacks mm-hmm. never move. Yeah. Franchise QBs are there forever. Teams will make sure they keep them. But teams now they're exploring. Like they, if they know they don't have it, and they know they're this one move away, they're gonna go out and do it. And that's why you're gonna see. I, I can't say the one that I want to talk about today, besides Aaron Rodgers, because we're over time, guys. We're we're over time now. Hold on. Eight percent. Hmm. Wait, say that again. Exactly. So we're about to lose Pauls anyway. So I think that's our chance to cut out here. Um, I'm sorry, guys. So I think we're gonna have to leave Kyler Carson and Russell Wilson to next episode. I think we're gonna have to. I wanted to get to one more, but probably we're gonna have to. We'll do that Monday because I got a lot of shit. Yeah, we got we got three more heavy hitters here. We have to be fair. We, I mean. The, the sort of tech issue we had earlier in the show kind of hurt us a little bit here. So we're already, we're over time. Um, I think that's a good place to end. All right. Let's leave the people thinking. Guys, though, I'm going to say to the audience right now, in terms of next show, now that you know, we're going to be talking about Kyler. We're going to be talking about Carson Wentz. We're going to be talking about Russell Wilson. I encourage you to comment on our posts or DM us what you think is going to happen with those three quarterbacks this offseason. And we'll we'll break it down for you on Monday, okay? Until sure. then, though, until then, this episode of P&I was brought to you by FrostFix. See how I did that? It was a little, little smooth without music, right? You have a beautiful your home. You're home for daily fantasy sports. Prize picks. Prize picks. Prize picks. All right? New users who sign up today using the promo code ICONIC, will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's right. Promo code ICONIC. Use it on prize picks. Daily fantasy made easy. Also, as you already know, we were live tonight on the Props Network. That's PropsHQ.com. Be sure to go subscribe to Psychotic and Iconic over there. Keep up with everything going on at P&I and with the P&I guys. And last but not least... I mean, I hope you all have a great weekend and stay tuned for Monday's show. That's right. Next show is Monday at 8 p.m. And I already told you, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Carson Wentz on tap. We will absolutely have more than just that. The rest will be a secret. But buckle up, guys. It's going to be interesting. Thank you very much, as always. Pass it off to Nick Theories. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. It was a fun episode. Sorry about the music. We're going to get it back. I miss it too. So, uh, But we appreciate all the love, support, and the comments. If you guys haven't done so already, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell on YouTube. We are also available on PropsHQ.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Megaphone, and Stitcher, and all that other shit. If you haven't also followed us on all of our socials on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook, and we'll see you guys Monday night at P&I, baby.